Hello, good morning, Papa Hector. Good morning. So, hello and welcome to the show, everyone. It's Papa Hector's podcast, and today we have a special guest here with us, Priestess Shoshana. And as always, go to www.hectorsalva.com, sign up for the newsletter, and all the other great things. So let's move right into with our special guest, Priestess Shoshana. So Priestess Shoshana is a world-renowned tribal fusion belly dancer, teacher and instructor, as well as creator of the Sacred Feminine Program and a third-level Sansa initiate, which is one of the rarest initiations to undergo within our Sansa tradition. And there's very, very few who have achieved this. So tell us a bit more about yourself and your background, Priestess Shoshana. Yeah, so thank you. Um, My background in a nutshell is that I was raised in a spiritual family. And because of the dynamic of lost, um, destroyed, and broken information in all spiritual practices. I was left to my own devices in order to develop myself um, to better understand the problems that come along with being psychic. So at a very young age, I started developing psychically, spiritually reading books, whatnot. And then I had the opportunity of working with shamans where I'm from, which is New Mexico. Really fast, I learned that uh, all of the shamanic practices were same, disjointed, disconnected. There was missing pieces. So I went out to to travel. And at uh, around 15, I traveled pretty much everywhere I could looking for teachers. I found some amazing teachers. I found people that were really beautiful and meaningful in my life helped me, right? Um, But nothing could answer the questions of what really goes on in the spiritual world that impacts us. So I started channeling, I started working with what I had, and I started channeling. I started bringing in as much information that I could to answer these questions. From that, birth did these really great programs, which I call the Sacred Feminine Program. That was a three-year journey to take women into understanding how their energy works, how their emotions work, how the psyche works. And um, this is really important for your listeners because many people who come into our studies feel like they have um, spiritual gifts. They feel like they really understand what's happening because they've worked with people or researched or they have their own channeling mechanisms. So one day I decide that I'm going to dedicate two years of my life to researching spiritually meaning channeling information to understand how to help people develop their psychic gifts. And again, from that birth to things, which was called the Sacred Feminine Program, 
and it was really successful. As I started healing people, though, more and more people came to me with what, what we know of as demonic attachments. And as I was healing people in these really great programs, uh, people were uh, experiencing possessions. I literally watched people, um, their body like start to convulse and to move. And I was removing these energies intuitively as best as I could. And about seven years into doing that work, I realized that um, I really need to understand how to be protected, right? But for me, I always viewed protection as like a violent act. Um, I had gotten as far as I could get, um, get, you know, get on my own. And I prayed every night for a teacher for about five years. I prayed every night, every night for a teacher. And one day a spirit comes to me, one I had never seen before. And she tells me to find Papa Hector. Now, at this point, I had no idea who he was. I had no idea what he was going to teach me. And I had no idea how to find him. So I, I basically did what everybody does. I looked online and kept looking. And the spirit kept telling me where to go and where to look. Eventually, I got a hold of you. We had our first session. Within that first session, Papa Hector was like, uh, told me everything that was going on with me. He was like, you've gotten really far, but you definitely have more to learn. Within the first month after the reading with him, I started studying with Papa, and that was in uh, 2011. I closed down everything that I was doing. It was beautiful work. It was viable. It was important but I really wanted to dedicate myself to understanding what he had to teach me. So I closed down that work and, uh, you know, worked different ways to make money to pay for my classes. And from that point, I have studied with Papa Hector the entire time, pretty much almost every week and undergone the correct teachings and the correct ceremonies, not only to allow me to do my path, which is to remove these demonic forces from people, but to be protected and then now to continue to teach, which has just been an amazing journey. Okay, so you brought up an interesting point. You said that, and I find that this is common with people, that they felt that like self-protection is violent. And what would you have to say about that now and where you were coming from before? Well, where I was coming from before was I was coming from a, um, a false piece of information, which is that in order to be a spirit worker and in order to be, quote unquote, enlightened, you have to be peaceful. Through studying the Sansei tradition, what I learned was is that we all have empowerment spirits and we all have spirits of war and also spirits of protection. And when those energies are worked with appropriately, you don't have to protect yourself, they protect you. 
So when you learn how to um, mount the spirits, that's one level of training. And a level of training below that is just being able to communicate with the spirits, right? So in that communication and in that interaction between a practitioner and their spirits, what gets developed is this really interesting phenomenon, which is that it's not all about you. So we could take this conversation and flip it the other way, which is where people feel like they have to protect themselves or they feel like they can work magic or they feel like they can be out there teaching. Really, your spiritual work is not about you. It's about the collective dynamic of your cuadro. And to be a good person as a shaman or a spiritual worker is to allow your spirits to work for you, which means you are quiet, you're peaceful, you listen, you practice, you develop yourself, and if you need protection, A, your spirits are going to protect you, and they can be violent, but that's what's needed to be a warrior. And, or your godfather, which in this case obviously is Papa Hector, can do the right um, ceremonies to protect you so that you have the spirits working to support you. So I don't know if that answers your question. But Definitely. Definitely. Okay. And how was it that you were experiencing life before you had your protection? Like you were clearing demons, you were removing negative entities, you were doing a lot of good work, you were healing, you were removing, you know, negative energies that people were having, you were clearing them. How did that all basically make your life, your experience of life as a result of all that, which called you to the protection? Yeah. So we, you know, I had a huge um, amount of people that I was working with at any given time. It would be anywhere between probably around 20 people would be in a program. So I was managing too much and everybody else was getting help. And I was getting progressively more uh, eaten up. <laughs> I was getting very exhausted. Um, my body was starting to have like a, um, like, you know, when you're tired all the time and foggy, nobody respected me the way that they needed to for the amount of uh, work that I was doing on them. And this is really important because when you go through an initiation process, especially within the Sansei path with, with Papa or the 21 divisions path with Papa or the Haitian path with Papa, when you're a first level initiate, you're going to be put into your place, which means you're a student. You don't help other people. And this is what people uh, make a mistake with constantly is that they're um, – beyond arrogance people think they can come and receive an initiation and then they have the right to go out and teach when really what they're doing is harming themselves and harming other people so even though a lot of the work that i was doing was accurate and it was in a light you know when you're a sansi so you're born that way so the work that i had channeled was very much in alignment with the sansi work 
but I hadn't undergone any of the initiation. And it's not my fault because I didn't know that I could, right? Exactly. So I don't blame myself, but I take it very seriously. So there's two points that I want to point out here. One is, is that you will be asked to remain in your space as a first level initiate for the safety and the reputation of the work. Because this isn't work that you just go and uh, buy an initiation and go out and become a spirit worker. To be a spirit worker requires many, 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 many years of listening and uh, honestly humiliation and being present to constantly bringing yourself back to you. I haven't gotten anywhere and I don't know. I haven't gotten anywhere and I don't know. You put your ego on the back burner. When Papa says you're ready for a second level initiate to become a second level initiate and you undergo that ceremony and then the training. So this is my second point. There will be a time when he says to you, you're ready to be a priest. So the ego works both ways. It can make you too arrogant, but it also can make you too humble and following the path he's going to support you in your personal empowerment when the time is right so you don't need to battle it you don't need to make your decisions around it it gets made for you via the spirit to be a priest is to be a conduit for the spirit and so in both ways prior to my initiation i was tired and people didn't respect the level of work that i was working at does that make sense Mm-hmm. So one of the things that Papa did for me, which was really uh, life-changing for me, is he empowered me to um, respect the gifts that I have and to begin to command the respect of the people that I was feeling. That was a game changer for me because nobody in my life prior to Papa had come in and said, um, what I see in you is it's beyond what you see in yourself and I'm going to help you. I'm going to protect you. So those gifts get flourished and you will do good things for other people. And what was your biggest obstacle? And, yeah. you know, going from where you were at to like where you're at now. I don't feel like I really had any obstacle. I was really clear that when I met you that I was ready to do this. (laughs) And since we're here discussing, and, you know, it's really rare to have third level initiate in the Sansa tradition because the other lineages have lost these ceremonies and have lost the proper individuals to be able to do them. What was it after, maybe if you can explain to us, what that experience brought to you, brought forward for you, shifted for you? Well, each initiation shifts everything. So... um... Contained in the first level initiation is the right to develop your a, a proper connection with the right spirits that are going to guide you in the right way. 
So your life gets uh, reset, you get put onto your life path. And you, as a first level initiate, if you're doing everything correct, your whole life is gonna change directions and it's gonna work because it's you working with the mysteries for you. And that um, chunk of work is, is so important because how can one help others when they don't even have a foundation for themselves, right? So the system of uh, Sansei is very pure. And, you know, people go through a huge transformation with first level initiation. With second level initiation, for me, opened up this um, archive of, like, the capacity to learn the knowledge. So I got to learn, um, I got to sit with Papa for many, many hours every week. And I archived and I, I wrote down and I categorized and I understood and I researched him and, and the mysteries and the healing. And he was um, graceful enough to teach me treatments. So you get to learn treatments, uh, herbal remedies, the songs, the prayers, the histories, and that whole world of second level initiation could take you an entire lifetime, if not many lifetimes, to really commit to understanding how to work a treatment for someone and to have it be effective. That includes learning magic. So I learned magic. I learned how to hold ceremony. I learned how to mount the spirit and how to access our understanding of what's the right diagnosis and treatment for any given situation. So you can see like that in and of itself is enough, right? And I kind of want to go back to this, that most people who, who get initiated at a second level never learn any of that stuff. Again, they make the mistake of thinking that they can just uh, communicate directly with their mysteries and that it's just going to like God, it's going to funnel down and, and, you know, bless you. This is a path of humility. You have to show up and really dedicate yourself in order to receive the knowledge. And Papa will only give you what you're ready to receive and also will only give you what you're willing to ask for. And that, that is very, very, very beautiful because if you can't ask for it, and if you're not humble enough to receive yes or no, then you can't hold the, top, the knowledge and then therefore take it forward and teach it. So I wanna back what I'm gonna say about third level initiation with these two amazing places that I got to dance in and be in. Each step of the way, my life got better, right? When it came to third level initiation, what the transformation was <clears throat> and still is, is, is that first level you're working for yourself. Second level, you are working for others in some capacity. It may not even be as a priest. You can receive second level initiation and have that protection and that mounting of the energies and be a doctor or a therapist or something, even a cook, right, anything. The point is, is that it empowers you in what you're supposed to be providing to others. 
I have a commitment to provide this work in as many avenues as possible, which is maybe why I was allowed to undergo third level initiation is I didn't have one avenue. I had as many avenues as I could to help people um, for, just for the sake of helping them because I know what the mystery does. So you're working for people. In third level initiation, it combines the second and the first. So you're working for yourself, you're working for others. But in third level initiation, what opens up is a dimension where you're working not for yourself, not even for others, but with and for the divine itself. And you can't get your head around that. So it's very stressful during the initiation because you have to be, your whole being gets cracked open and rearranged so that you could be not there, but 100% present to be of service to God and the mystery for the sake of mystery and God, to serve the temple, the sacred space, and a, a field of um, hidden information about how the universe works. That is not something that can be applied to healing people, and it's not something that can be applied to helping people, but it's something that gets applied to a huge space that then when people come around you or they receive your treatments or they're receiving an initiation or even a reading or a magic, the impulse of energy is so strong that it's life changing for everyone. That's the best way I could describe it. Excellent. So I want I have a question, a good one for you. Would you agree with that, Papa? <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> and and, and 100%. then I, I and I also just want to say my personal experience of it, the whole thing, was that it made me feel disconnected and alone. And it it's it, it it's a beautiful thing because a true shaman, a true spirit worker, has that experience because we see things multidimensionally for each individual. Now, when I look at somebody, all I see is their demons, their angels, their quadro. I don't see them. I see them in the midst of all of it. And I could be looking at someone or talking to them. And I know that I can never convey the experience of what I see in them to their little tiny mind. It's a beautiful thing. So alongside of this, <laughs> you grew up around many gurus, teachers of enlightenment, enlightened, um, quote-unquote, individuals, things of this nature. So you know a lot about that background. And many individuals kind of have this belief that that's something that only occurs, you know, with the yogas, the Hindus, the Buddhists. Mm-hmm. All right, and they have a very much uh, certain definition of what that is like. Mm -hmm. 
but <clears throat> the definition is being defined by individuals who've never been there. Exactly. Okay. It's like someone who is telling you what is blue, who's been a blind, blind since birth. They've never seen blue. Right. Mm-hmm. So with all that in tow, what can you say to us about this? Yeah. About this enlightenment thing. Oh, I, I think it's you know it's total racism, basically. That's what I think about it. <clears throat> basically, you, people put various cultures on a pedestal based on their culture. You can go down to you know some con artist can come up from South America who dresses like an Indian or dresses like a, a shaman, and they can immediately get. Um, 50,000 people to go take mm, some sort of drug in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of the jungle. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody from India who calls themselves a guru or who might really have practiced some of their teachings can come in to various cultures, Europe or the United States, and 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 be like, "Yeah, I'm a guru," and everybody's going to follow along with it. Um, because our tradition is an unbroken chain of, of passed down knowledge, first and foremost, it's the best because it has no interruption in how things have always been done. Secondly, most of those like gurus and religions and shamans and spiritual oriented enlightenment communities um, their goal is to make placate people, to placate people, to make people feel good, um, to give them shakti pop, to give them an immediate enlightenment. And when it comes to the Caribbean cultures, there is an immediate racism about, that affects how people view our work, that somehow it's you know, dark or that it's... Um, evil or that it's basically people don't know but they don't even give it the time of the day to get to know it so that's what i think about that and and third level initiation third level initiation gave me access to that enlightenment that everybody's talking about and enlightenment is not easily reached and when it's reached it is epic it is life-affirming and life-changing and a lot of these issues just melt away and so would you say that our tradition also provides that path to individuals Mm -hmm. even though that's not necessarily what we're associated Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, absolutely. This if I've done, I've started my first initiation path when I was in fourth grade, so I was approximately nine years old, and I've been um, quote unquote initiated by many different traditions, Wiccan, pagan, goddess. Uh, I've worked with shamans very, very deeply. Um, even in the health communities, they have their own sort of like coming of age, so to speak, you know, like I worked with some Native American herbalists and they had some ceremonies to recognize like your accomplishment to being a healer. Um, 
I grew up around gurus and, you know, my family was responsible for helping to do many interesting uh, things to support the development of our society, like Woodstock and Pacifica Radio. And, you know, so they were an interesting group of people. But um, in any of those experiences that I had, I never had anybody who was willing to take me down that path each step of the way and really challenge me and support me and love me and get me to the point to where I was ready for a, a full blossoming and a full awakening. And that process is, it's a very, it's a very, it requires a gentle hand because it's very intense. I mean, you want to think like when you experience an enlightenment, it's everything awake. Your senses enhance. Your psyche enhances. Your connection to the mysterios enhance. Your understanding of how the world works totally changes. Absolutely, our work as sansistas in the point of sanse is to bring somebody to whatever level of enlightenment that they're ready to receive. It is a path of enlightenment. And I hope, although I don't know how things get played out in the universe, right? But I hope that in my lifetime that we get to take this work out and roll out avenues and streams of connection to really give people an opportunity to step on a path that A, works, and then B, is provided by really, really strict and loving teachers. Awesome. So I want to segue into something else that you do and provide, which is the tribal belly dance. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, so, so in, our, in our tradition, in Sanse, we have what's called a, a higher guide or a primary spirit guide. And that spirit guide is, has its responsibility of developing your, your life path. When you're connected with that spirit guide, there's, you're really clear about things that you're supposed to You're, we can't hear you that well. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. My phone squished out there. So we have this, um, you know, section of spirit guides in Sansa we recognize as 21 various sections of different types of spirit guides. My spirit guide is a gypsy. And so always... Um, I've always been drawn to gypsy lore and gypsy dancing and, and gypsy lifestyles. So the beautiful thing about tribal belly dance is that it's a fusion of the Roman and gypsy trail. That fusion from the Roman and gypsy trail includes yogic practices because it originates in India 
And then the gypsies went out, they went to Morocco, they went to Spain, and then also um, up the crest of all over Africa. So tribal belly dance is a culmination of all of these different cultures put together in one art form. And you've been doing this for a very long time. Can you tell us yeah. about this? Yeah, I think I've been doing it for like 17, 20 years or something like that. But um, I've kind of developed my own style of it now, which is like, I call it Serpent Sutra. And it is all about owning your body as a woman, using your hara and the muscles all around your heart and your hara as the core strength for dancing and movement. What I found is that it's a very good practice for me for mounting the spirits. So when the mysteries come through, they come through kind of abruptly and it can um, kind of disrupt your body a little bit. And these practices, because they're designed to get energy flowing in your body and to open up the fascia and to open up the uh, various energy centers, to be a great dancer and a great performer, you have to command energy. Uh, you also have to know the physical body, right? So me being the kind of person that I am, I have a lot of uh, certifications in like anatomy and physiology and all that right, to back up the dancing. But what I have found is, is that women, and it's true with men, right, but with dance, we kind of work mainly with women. They have so much trauma and anger, regret, judgment, and frustration, competition, that's literally lodged in their body, right? And when you start to move, in belly dance, you're moving these very small little movements in a very specific, sensual, sexual way in order to really hold those movements so that you're not pouring the sexual energy out so that you're allowing it to fill yourself and to nurture your own vessel. That's a whole shift that takes place for, for women in my classes. When that happens, women go through a healing process. So part of what allowed me to give really good healing. Hi. Hey, we lost you there for a second, right? Yeah. But we ended on part of what allowed you to offer really great healing work for us. Oh, yeah. Was the understanding of how important it is to bring the energy into the body so that the energy fuels and feeds the body and so many women and you see this with spiritual work as well uh less trained spiritual workers and in just the dynamic of women is to pour energy out to use the sensual sexual energy to pour it out or to funnel and competition out so the whole the whole way that people work with energy is to pour it out um, when your life force comes into your body and nurture, nourishes your, your, your muscles and nourishes your bones and you redirect that energy to come inside and to hold it internally, healing begins to take place rapidly and dance is an access for that because dance challenges um, the psychotomy. It challenges the mind of the woman 
it challenges the body to go beyond where there's levels of comfort and it allows women to look in the mirror at themselves and to, to really become present to the beauty of what they are. Now that in combination with a, a spiritual aspect, meaning that there's a lineage of gypsies and a lineage of, of dancing women that you know walked those desert roads, it is one of the most fun, personally empowering and life-affirming things uh, that somebody can undergo is to learn this dance form in, you know, in a sacred space and with a really great teacher. Awesome. And so can you please provide us all of your contacts? We know that you can get a hold of Priestess Shoshana at <laughs> priestessworks.com. But I believe you also have something for belly dance. There's a whole bunch, right? Yeah, yeah. So on my website, we have it's www.priestessworks.com. There's um, a link on the front page to my to my dancing page, and the dancing page is online, and it's a growing archive of physical knowledge spiritually based knowledge and then also health so that's like where I can provide health coaching for people I worked as a medical intuitive for many many years and health is just such an important part to being being a priest so that's my avenue for that um, and then we have other things on the website we have um, initiation paths the initiation path begins with a 10-week course. Inside of that course, you receive coaching from Hongon Hector and myself. And then initiation is provided after that 10 weeks. And that's the beginning. That's not the end-all be-all. That's the beginning to your path. But now is such a time that people are going to be reaching out. Information. And I believe the majority of our students uh, going forward are going to be really amazing people, great practitioners, people who have already learned a lot, but are in a similar position that I was in, which is a position of like not having enough information to really make their life tick and make their life work. That's on my front page as well. Um, but what I would love to end with, uh, kind of, and I'm sure we're, we're out of time, is I would love to end with, because this, this interview was unexpectedly a lot, a lot about me, and I'm mm -hmm. not used to talking about myself. So what I would love to end with is, is um, something around, like, really, fuck, like, what we provide to people, you know? I have seen, I have seen Papa and his entire crew of people make one miracle after another. I've seen the spirits reach into people's bodies and pull out like things outside of the body. Um, I've seen people come in with the craziest of um, ailments, like where there, there was this one lady where her, her body completely blew up like a balloon 
and then it would go back down like like her arm would be like one size and then she could feel what she thought was like a demon in her and the arm would expand to about the size of a what would you say papa like a basketball right yeah it was huge it was huge and then it would kind of go back down within a couple of days this woman had been all over the world within a couple of days papa and his crew healed her resolved it got it taken care of forevermore so what i would love to end with is something around like hope and like really like if you have a need for any kind of healing whether it be emotional psychological physical or spiritual like now's the time to reach out for it we have the cures awesome All right so thank you for being with us here priestess shoshana and sharing all of this for everyone well i'm absolutely blessed and um the student is only as good as the teacher and nothing i have ever done uh, has anything to do with me it's all because of the love that you have for your work and the commitment that you have to the mysteries and i just really appreciate being interviewed and thank you for the conversation papa Oh, thank you. All right, everyone, that concludes this episode. God bless everyone. Keep the faith. Check us out on HectorSalva.com, where you can sign up for everything else, newsletters and YouTube and yada, yada. And um, keep the faith, everyone. Many blessings. God bless.